Wow. Well, welcome to another Tuesday. Praise God. It's really loud. Ooh. Okay. So. Get this figured out here in just a second. Well, welcome uh, everyone here on Tuesday, River of Life. And um, we're going to be doing a, t- a teaching today by Angie Walmack, and it's staying full of God. So um, with a little bit of a Tim twist to it, but check, check, check. That better? Still too loud? Check one, two, check, check. Check one, two, check. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, let's pray. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus, and we just thank you, Lord, for your word. For in your word there is life, and it is health and strength to all our flesh, Lord. All that we need, O Lord, is in as a treasure in your word, Lord. And we go, and we just want to dig deep, O Lord, and just, re- just be able to receive all that you have. Holy Spirit, you are our teacher. I just pray that in every way that you would speak through me. I thank you that you're always ready, O oh Lord, to, to bring your, your word forth, O oh Lord, and, and by your word, O oh Lord, to cleanse us and change us and fill us and heal us and do all the things that your word does. And we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So, um, so staying full of God. This is a teaching by Andrew Walmack. He actually has a, a whole book on this. So this is a really like a condensed version or just kind of highlighting some things. So if you really um, want to get a good book, it is a very good book. It's, stay, it's stay, called Staying Full of God. So um, our first scripture is Romans 1 and 21. Okay? So because that, when... They knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So, Andrew Womack was like, you know, um, if you take this and turn it around, then it could be something positive. So, this passage of scripture describes four progressive steps, which is your filling that people take to harden their hearts toward God. Progressive steps. That people take to harden their hearts toward God. We can discover the keys to staying full of God simply by turning those steps around and doing the opposite. So there's four steps. And then order, one is glorifying God and what he has done in your life. Glorifying God and what he has done in your life. So Psalms 100, which is a wonderful psalm. I love it. So I discovered this psalm. We had a a, a lady come to the church we're at and teaching on prayer and that, you know, that you could hear the voice of God, right? And um, so she taught us for a while. Then she says, now we're going to do a workshop. I want everyone to separate and kind of separate, and I want you to pray and ask God, you know, a question, all right? And then God's going to answer you. And then we're going to come back, and we're going to share. So I said, I went, and I found a quiet place, and I was like, God, I said, I really want to know how to pray. How do you want me to pray? And I clearly heard Psalm 100. So I go, start reading Psalm 100. So Psalm 100 actually means a lot to me because I'm like, 
And it's talking about prayer. And it says, uh, the first part says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God, and it is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastor. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. When we take the time to glorify him, we enter into his presence. You know, his presence is always there, but we enter into it. <laughs> you know, it's always available. You know, take this off for a second so I can see better. Um, one time I was, I was writing, I said, God, why do I feel so dry? I just feel so dry inside. And he goes, well, my river is flowing all the time. Just go jump in. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> so he goes, you just close your eyes, pray in the spirit and see yourself right at a river. Look down the river and there I am sitting on the throne. And there's my son, Jesus, your Lord, right there. And there's a river coming out and it says, you need to go and jump in, you know? So I'm closing my eyes and I see the river and I, I could see God down the way and I could, I could, I can almost feel like a wind coming by, you know, cause when you're by, by um, a river and it's flowing, it's like there's, it also carries the wind and I could feel the wind start blowing on me. And then I, I, then I look around now I don't have my eyes closed, but I'm looking and I see people right on both sides of the river. Some were sitting there with their toes in the water and they were smiling and laughing and giggling, you know, and others that were stored, had in, you know, in the water to their ankles and then others. But each time they were going in, they were just rejoicing and everything. And then I heard God say clearly, says, jump in. And I'm looking around and I'm like, okay. So I, I got back and I just jumped, I jumped in. Well, then I feel this power just come over me. Right, this, and and I'm, I've got my eyes closed, and I feel myself be taken away by the river. All right, so here I'm being taken away, and all of a sudden there's all this black. The only way I can say is black gook. Right, it's like it was coming out of me, and then it it would just like pop and go away. It's like God was washing me and cl and, and cleaning me in this river. Right, and when I would breathe in, I would just breathe in, you know the Holy Spirit. What I'm trying to get out is, and then as I was breathing in, it just, I could feel his presence just entering me and just surrounding me and saturating me. And so finally I opened my eyes and God says, this is available all the time. Whatever you want, you can come jump in. So don't just put your toes in. Don't just go up to your ankles. Don't just, you know, go to your knees. So you need, you need to come and you just need to jump in. It's available all the time. But anyway, Psalms 100, you know. So a lot of times now, so God showed me this. So what I do is I'm riding down the cart and I said, thank you, Jesus, for the victory you've given me through Jesus. You know, and I shout way louder than that. <laughs> because it says to shout. We have something to shout about. You know, so a lot of times I'm like, I'm feeling down and that's all I got to do is start shouting like that. And I can just feel it break off me, <laughs> you know, staying full of God. 
coming into his presence and, and sing to him, you know. He's always there and his presence is always, but you know what? We enter in when we sing to him, you know, when we thank him and we praise him, you know. So if you want to stay full of God, keep shouting, keep singing, right? Keep thanking him. They're all real, but it becomes more powerful and more real to you when you do that. All right? So glorifying God. Oh, one of the things it says, you know, we are his people and the sheep of his pastor, and it's he who made us and not we ourselves. We do need to recognize that even though he's our father, he's our daddy, and we can come to him boldly, and we can jump in his lap any time, and he loves it, right? But um, we also need to recognize that he is God, you know? And there's times when we need to come as his sons and daughters and bow down before him and say, you are the Holy One. You're the one who's created all things. There's none above you or beside you. You know, you alone are God and creator and maker of all things. You created us and not the other way around. We were created for you and not the other way around, but we get to enjoy you and all your goodness, right? And so when you do that, it's like you just get to experience that all over. It's just, oh my gosh, you just... He loves us so much, he just, oh, he just lathers us up with just his life and his love and his peace and his goodness and his kindness, you know? I'm saying, well, look, you just, if you do this, God will just overcome you with his love and his joy and his peace and his presence and his goodness and his kindness. And it's always there, but that's how you enter in, you know? You enter in this way. So number two is... The, you know, thankfulness, right? It says you enter into his gates all right, with, with thanksgiving, right? You start thanking him for, for who he is and who he is to you and all that he has done through Jesus. Oh, my gosh. What happens is, is you just start getting filled up, right? He just starts pouring it all. He just lathers it all over you, the goodness of God. He just, just pours it all over you, Right? But Ephesians 5 and 20 says, giving thanks always for all the things, all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, how do you do that? Father, I thank you that because of what Jesus did by dying on that cross and then rising again, I have life now. Not only that, you didn't just save me, but you've made me a son. You've made me a daughter, your son. Hallelujah. And I've got, I've, I've come now into your house Right? And everything that you have now, I can have, I can enjoy. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, he could have just saved us and said, okay, I did what I needed to do to keep you from going to hell. But he went so far beyond that. He made us sons and daughters. Right? So uh, number three says, having a positive imagination. Imagination. So James 4, 7 through 8 says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hearts, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. We need to submit our imaginations to God. You know, a lot of times we've, we've been taught and trained, you know, we got to guard our thoughts, but we also need to guard our imaginations. The things that we read and see and 
and hear. All these things come into our heart. And a lot of times what happens is um, we don't realize what's in our heart until we come into a situation. <laughs> you know, like you're thinking, oh, I'll, I'll react one way, you know, but you wind up doing something that you unexpectedly didn't think you would do. So why'd you do that? You know, like um, when I was working and everything, this guy had, had said something to me, said something to me, and it made me so mad. And I'm in wonder, like, no, I'm not supposed to be acting this way. <laughs> why am I acting this way? I'm trying to be a witness to this guy, and he just made me so mad. <laughs> you know? And God's like, well, you need to check your heart, you know? And I said, God, you know, you need to examine me. Why? Why? What's in my heart that caused me to act this way? Because I didn't want to act that way. I even knew that I shouldn't act that way and say the things I said and did the things I did. But I did them anyway, you know? Um, what's in your heart, you know, when the doctors say, you know, you've got cancer or you've got this or you've got that, you know? What happens in your heart? What happens in your imagination? Where's your imagination go? Right? Do you immediately go, oh my gosh, you know, I, I, I've got cancer. You know, I might, I might die. Or you go, oh, Jesus paid for this. Your heart, your imagination goes, no, Jesus, you paid for it. So this is just a temporary thing. Right? This is an attack. And Jesus, you've already given me the victory. So where does your imagination go? You need to submit your imagination to God and to his word, right? In every way. You don't want to, and the thing is, you don't want to think one way and then have to force yourself. You want to react that way each and every time. You don't want to have to go, oh, no, no, wait a minute. Oh, I'm not supposed to be thinking that way or imagining that way. You want it to immediately go that way. You have to guard your imagination. And this is, again, this is staying full of God. So number four, it says, keeping, keeping is your fill-in a good heart. Number four, keeping a good heart. Making sure that the word of God is the dominant influence in your heart. Not the world, your circumstances, or what other people say. Okay? So Proverbs 4 says, my son, give attention to my words. There's all kinds of words going on from different people and from, from the news and from friends and family and everything. But don't incline your ear to them. Incline your ear to the word of God. It, it's something that you have to intentionally do. You have to value his word above any other word. All right? So do not let the, his words depart from your eyes right? Well, you can't walk around with the word of God like this, you know? How do you do that? You want to do it with the eyes of your heart. You want to be thinking about his word all the time, right? That's how you keep them in front of your eyes all the time. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Well, there is a clue, right? Always be thinking about what he said and what it, what's that mean, Lord? What's that mean, God, you know? Um, all through the day, we should be aware that God's with us and he wants to be a part of everything we do. It doesn't matter how small or great, he wants to be a part. So we keep him right there 
and he can talk with us. We don't, we don't have to be saying anything out loud. We can be talking to him from our hearts, you know, and he can be communicating with our hearts back, staying full of God. And it says, for they are life to them that find them. Um, Pastor Pius said it this way, are you asleep or are you awake? Are you asleep to the truth or are you awake and living the truth, right? Well, the, to live that truth, to have that health, you know, that's how you come to that is keeping his, his word, esteeming his word greater than any other word, keeping it in the midst of your eyes and in your heart so that you can become awake to that, so that you are living and walking in that health, right? Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. So the whole reason I've got this is I wanted to put a picture up here. Let's see. Get this picture. Can you guys see that? That is a garden. <laughs> oh my gosh, you could see it. This was a raised garden, so it was two, two blocks high, and it was in a square and everything. So it actually had a way to self-water. It had a timer on it and all these things. Um, and, uh, you know, so you could actually sit on the block and reach in and, and any part of it. So, um, but... What happens is if you don't do anything with it, this is what happens. This is what happens with your heart when you don't do anything to tend it. Right? Dang it. I, I, I wish things would just automatically grow like, you know, carrots and cucumbers and watermelons and all these really good things that we really, really want. But if you don't, if you don't plant them, and then keep this stuff away, because this stuff will choke those things out. But if you don't intentionally tend to your heart, you get everything you don't want automatically. The world is just designed to, just to, just to take away and take any. I mean, there is not a, even an inch where it's not taken <laughs> by just weeds and other stuff. So you have to... To keep a garden, like Gregory, I had this, this flashed up, and he, he started laughing, you know. He goes, I'm a gardener, and I know what it takes to keep a garden. And if you let it go, it doesn't take very long for the, all the stuff of the world to come in and, and take everything from you, right? So we have to intentionally go out there and weed out those things that the world tries to put into our hearts, Say, no, that's not here. That's not true. That's not right. Right? That's not God's way. That's not God's plan. Right? No, God loves me. And because he loves me, this is not going to be a problem. He has a plan for me, and it's, it is good. Right? So we have to actively go after those lies that want to get planted into our hearts. Right? And when we do that, then what happens is and we t intentionally plant his word by keeping it in front of our eyes and keeping it in the midst of our hearts, then, you know, it gets planted in there and then it grows. And then we can enjoy the fruit of those things, the fruit of God's word, right? So let me see if I can. What is that? Let's see. 
we want a heart that kind of looks like that, right? <laughs> or, ooh, wow. Can't you see yourself walking and talking with Jesus through this here and sitting down and just enjoying? Why? That's what we want our hearts to look like. That's the fruit that we want to come out of our hearts, not only for us to enjoy, but to give to others and share with others. Staying full of God, full of his goodness and his love and his joy and his peace and his goodness. Mm, that's some good stuff. <laughs> a picture can, Pictures say a thousand words. <laughs> but anyway, so you need to look at your heart as a garden. That's something that has to be tended to every day. And then what you want coming out coming out of your heart and for you to enjoy, you have to intentionally plan. And there's a process to it. And that's the process, okay? So, uh, oh, number two. Here's a question. Does the power of God leak out of my spirit over time? Make it necessary for me to, to get a refill? I mean, who's... I mean, everybody's felt that way. Like, man, I, this Sunday I was, oh my gosh, I was so blessed. And I, was, I was, went home blessed and everything. And, but by Tuesday, it was like I was all empty. <laughs> How many felt like that? I know I felt that way. Because, oh my gosh, the world wants to beat you up and suck, just suck that out of you, you know? And so, again, this is a teaching by uh, Andrew Womack, and this is his response. No, I don't think that encounters with God come with an expiration date. And then, and then you need to get, go and get a new dose of the Holy Spirit. My personal experience is um, completely contrary to that. For some people, experiencing experiences with God may seem to lose their initial strength over time, but it has nothing to do with God withdrawing his presence. It has nothing to do with God withdrawing his presence. It isn't because there is an expiration date on the power he releases in our lives. Their own actions are what decreases the effectiveness of God's touch in their lives. It's what they do, not what God does. Like I said, God's always, everything you ever need is, is been given to you in and through Jesus Christ. It's always there. His, that uh, you know, you want to have a life that's full of love and joy and peace and good, His goodness and kindness and all these th things abide. The there's a, a way to do that, right? And when we talked about those uh, four things uh, above, that did you can you can enjoy or walk into that, or walk in that. So, um, neglecting is your fill in. By the way, neglecting God is what causes people to feel like leaky vessels. So John fifteen five through 7 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. But for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. Sometimes we feel kind of withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, does his words abide in your heart? Are they there, you know? You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. 
I don't know about you guys, but you know, I'll wake up in the morning and either I'll hop, God's already talked to me about a scripture, <laughs> or he's, I, ha, I, hear, I hear my spirit singing a song, and I'm like, well, what's that song? <laughs> you know, you can have that. You can have that, and it's beautiful, you know? Sometimes I'll ask God, what's this mean? What, what's going on with this? And I won't get an answer, but when I wake up, I don't, know if it's, I don't know if it's because I'm like maybe, you know, in between half asleep and half awake. I don't know. But all of a sudden, I'll start hearing. I'm like, oh. I just, I listen, you know. And then if I have another question, I'll just ask, ask that question too. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but it seems like, especially right there when I first wake up, it's like I can hear them real, you know, clearer for some reason. But anyway. Staying full of God. God's always there, and you can stay full all the time. He's always pouring out his spirit, his love, his joy, his goodness, his kindness. It's always there. It's just when we pull away or we're doing something contrary, you know, to, uh, to walk away or not keep him in the midst of our heart, then that's when we become disconnected. All right? But you can stay connected all the time, all the time. So number three, it says, what can I do to make my problem seem smaller and the solution bigger? Andrew says, as I mentioned, your attention works like a magnifying glass. Magnifying glass. Whatever you focus on gets bigger, and whatever you neglect diminishes. If you spend your time thinking about and meditating on your problems... Your focus is going to magnify the very thing you are trying to overcome. Focusing on your problems can make a small issue seem like an insurmountable hurdle. So, um, something, the the, the guy that came and did the rapping, he said something, and I'm going to repeat it, and I'm like, this is true. He was having trouble sleeping. Right, and his dad, he kept rebuking the devil and rebuking the devil and rebuking the devil. And the dad, he went to his dad and says, "I, I'm not getting victory in this. I don't understand. I keep rebuking the devil." He goes, "Well, stop rebuking the devil. Stop giving him attention. Right? Stop paying attention to him. Pay attention to God. Start thanking God that He is good and that He gives you sweet sleep. Don't focus on on the devil at all." Focus only on God. And he says, you know what? It worked. A lot of times we want to spend so much time focusing on the problem (laughs) when really we, we need to turn our focus to God. And then all of a sudden, those issues aren't so big anymore. It's a something we have to actively do. So uh, John fourteen twenty seven says, Peace I leave to you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let your heart, your heart, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. We come into situations and we have a decision to make, you know. Do we let the peace of God rule in our heart, you know? His supernatural peace Knowing that he loves us, that he's already got a plan, you know, that's all we have to go do is go to him, look to him, right? And say, okay, God, you've got a plan. What is it? 
you know, or we can let our heart start being troubled and be afraid and let those things come. Like It's like an open door. They come flooding in emotions, you know, coming bad emotions, emotions of, of feeling helpless or not knowing what to do or, you know, um, fretful, all these things start flooding in when we let, we choose fear over his peace, his love, his plan. The sooner you do this, so if you're in a situation and something bad happens, if you choose to say, no, I'm going to stay in your peace, I'm going to believe in your love. So now, what's the plan? I trust you. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, when you do that, then that peace can rule in your heart. You can stay in that peace. His peace is very important to me. So if I go somewhere and I go through a drive through and they give me the wrong thing, I don't get mad. I thank God and, and I eat it. <laughs> because his peace means way more to me than getting, even getting the right th- the thing I ordered. <laughs> so, so a lot of times we get things in life, you know, that aren't so good, but we need to go to God and thank God that he's there with us and that he is good, right? And be able to stay in his peace, in his presence. That's so much better than some of the thing, you know, whatever we ordered <laughs> is being able to stay in his peace. <laughs> All right. So on the other hand, you can use your focus to your advantage, which is your feeling advantage by thinking and about and meditating on the word of God. First John four eighteen says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We have to understand how God, how much God truly loves us. He's like, look, guys, if I didn't withhold my son, my gosh, I'm not going to withhold any good thing from you. (laughs) Can you imagine? You know, God's like, why are you so fearful for asking me anything? Everything is yours. Every good thing is yours. If I didn't withhold my son, I'm not going to withhold any good thing from you. So ask. Enjoy. The more we understand how much God truly loves us, the, the less fear can grip us. And, oh, my gosh, he has shown us how much he loved us. And, you know, what's really cool is is uh, the longer I'm in this, the more I see of God's love. It just seems like it goes on and on and on. It's amazing, you know. And uh, when other people share how good God is into them, I get to see more of his love demonstrated in other people's lives, too. And it's absolutely beautiful the love of God, but he loves you unconditionally. He's never going to leave or, or forsake you in any way, no matter what you do. He cannot deny who he is, and he is love. He is love.
You have never messed up too much to where God won't move and work in your behalf. He is ready to run to your aid as soon as you call on his name. God is, is always able, but focus on the word, focusing on the word will make God take a greater significance in your heart. You will begin to see and believe in God's power to get, get you over, through or around the difficulties you're facing, and the problems will shrink in comparison. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. You trust God. You know, the more and more you trust and trust him, then you and he comes through, then you, you have even more trust. <laughs> and the more you keep your mind on him, you know, you can have that peace that only he can provide. You know, not as the world. It's supernatural. It can hold you and keep you no matter what comes, what the devil tries to send your way to rock your world. As soon as you turn to him, you can have peace. So number four, how does my imagination help or hinder my faith? Imagination is often thought as something for kids, and adults overlook its importance. But imagination is where people conceive, is your fill-in, the things of God. So Genesis uh, 6 and 5 says, Then the Lord saw that the, the wickedness of men was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of their heart was only evil continually. The imagination, your imaginations is the thoughts of your heart. So what you imagine is the thoughts of your heart. Okay, so let's go to Romans 10 and 10 says, For with a heart one believes unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. What you believe for in your heart, you get. Okay? Unfortunately, that also means that the negative things. <laughs> so you really need to guard your imaginations or the thoughts of your heart. It's very, very important. So we can have a bad report, and then we start imagining bad those things happening, right? And then we start confessing, oh, no, what are we going to do? You know, what about my kids? What about my spouse? You know, what about my family or what about whatever? What am I going to do? Instead of going, no. God loves me and he has a plan. He paid he paid for this already. Jesus already already knew this was going to happen. He's already paid for it. And he loves me. And if God is on my side, my gosh, what can be against me? What can stand against me if God's on my side? You know? What are the thoughts of your heart? Imagination is forming a mental picture of something that isn't real to the senses. People think with pictures. It's how they do anything uh, from giving directions to solving problems. And it is essential to staying full of God. Do you see God walking and talking with you throughout the day?
Do you see that in your, I mean, you can't see him, but you know in your imagination, the imagination of your heart, you can see that. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, how big of a small, he wants to be, he wants to be a part. And you can do that and you can experience him in every part of your life when you keep him in the midst of your imagination. You know and understand that in your heart that he is walking with you and that he can talk to you at any time. Right? He can give you wisdom or understanding or, or strength. You know, God, should I do this? Yes. Well, okay, you're going to give me the strength. You're going to give me the wisdom. You're going to give me the understanding that I need to be able to complete this. Why? Because he said. And you know how, re how assuring that is when you have his word on it? You got this. We got this. You don't have to do it on your own. Staying full of God. Knowing and understanding and seeing him walking and talking with you throughout the day. 24 hours every second of every day is one of the secrets of staying full of God. Because he wants to be so, full, so big of a part of your life. Says, so, uh, for instance, you aren't likely to see healing manifest in your body if you're imagining yourself as a sick person. If you see, if you see yourself sick, that's what will be. <laughs> so uh, Proverbs twenty three seven: For as a, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. So you want your imagination working for you and not against you. In, in Scripture, hope is your fill-in, is the word that is used for a positive imagination that is working in your favor. Hope is a beautiful thing. When you have no hope, that's a terrible place to be, you know. But you know what? In, in Christ, we have hope. We can read his word and, and understand how good he is and what he wants to do and what he's done for us to keep us free, you know, from, from sin, from sickness, from disease, from poverty. He's done all these things to keep us from those things, and we can know that. But every time you hear a testimony from someone of what God has done in their life, you need to understand that now that becomes a promise to you. If God will do it for one of his kids, he'll do it for all of his kids. So now you have a new possibility and hope arises. Wait a minute. I didn't know God would do that. All of a sudden you have a new possibility. A hope arises. And then when you start hoping, you start looking at his word, you start hearing and thinking about those things, then faith comes. You know, you start believing it in your heart. Wait a minute. God, if God did that for him, then he'll do it for me too. He loves me too. And then all of a sudden, that hope becomes faith, and then that faith becomes healing or whatever, provision, right? One thing, too, is when st something happens, and if, you're, if you really are walking in faith, you are planning for the, the right and the good ink outcome, you know? It's almost like, you know, you're meditating on the Word, you planted it, you know, in your garden and everything, and you're expecting, so you start making plans, you know? Like when, when uh, a, a woman's pregnant, you know, they don't wait until the baby comes, then they start making plans. 
they have thought thought about all the things they're gonna they need, and so they've gotten those things. They've painted the baby's room. They've got they put the crib together. They've got everything ready because they're expecting this baby to come. Well, in the spirit, that's what's happening. Also, you are pregnant with that promise, and that promise is coming. So, what are you doing? What are you are you thinking about? Oh my gosh, when they come, when it oh my god, it's coming. You know, it's come. I know it's mine. This baby's coming. This promise is coming. And you start making plans because it is so. So these are some things. Let's see. Oh, we've got one more. Okay. I almost forgot the, the next one. So number five, what role does the word of God play in helping me stay full of God? The heart is what you live from. It is the ground from which your life grows. Good things or bad things? Things you want or things that you don't want. So Proverbs 4, 20 through 23 says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. All right? Issues. Basically, spring is, is like a planting. You know, these things spring up from the ground. Well, good things or bad things can spring up. And so we want to make sure that we're planting good things, and we need to actively be reading and studying and meditating on this word and getting that word into our hearts so that we can have a harvest, a good harvest. Jesus said a man, a good man, out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Anytime you're hit with anything, do you have what you need to, to deal with it, you know, or, or not? So your behavior and words spring forth from your heart is your fill-in. So staying full of God means having a heart that is filled with the word of God. You should only imagine yourself as God sees you. If the word of God has established, is established in your heart, if the word of God has established in your in your heart who he who he says you are, live that image out. The word of God is the seed you must plant in your heart if you want to see God's love grow and bear fruit in your life. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He is good. He is good. And you can stay full of God. You can stay full of his love, his joy, his peace. You can enjoy his presence. Every second of every day, if you, if you stay into these things, if you do these things, and you can enjoy him the way he wants you to enjoy him. Because he loves you and you are his children. And he wants you to enjoy him. So, all right. Um, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've provided everything we could ever need or want, oh Lord. And wow, how we delight in you and being full of you and being in your presence and being able to enjoy your love and your joy and your peace on all your goodness, all your kindness. How wonderful and how wondrous you are. We thank you, Lord, that we are your children. We get to experience you, Lord, every second of every day. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us. 
oh Lord, to do these things so that we could stay full of you, so that we can show forth everyone around us how good you are, how loving you are and kind you are. The Lord, that they would see that fruit of staying full of you on us and that they can enjoy it too. So help us. Help us to stay full of you. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you guys.